Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of Ag Credit Set It. I'm Libby Wickstead, and I'm actually here with Brenna. Finally. How are you, Brenna? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a, little, a long time. Almost the season. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. We yep. have an exciting episode today because we are talking with somebody from the Farm Service Agency. And it's been a while. Well, actually, no, a couple weeks ago we had uh, Dawn on, and she was she's a, a loan officer pretty much there through them. So this will be a good episode to um, kick off anybody that's looking to start a beginner, beginning farmer loan or um, looking for purchase any land or any operating loans or anything like that um, that needs a little bit of extra help that isn't able to get any financing through us as of right now. Yep. So we are here with Kurt Leber, and he is a district director with FSA. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Why don't you just dive right in and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got there, all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Yeah, well, I grew up on a, on a farm just uh, south of Monroeville and um, went to Ohio State, graduated uh, with uh, an ag ed degree, actually, and uh, <laughs> got into um, looking around at different jobs. Um, when I graduated, they weren't really hiring teachers and uh, came across an opportunity with USDA and didn't really have much of a financial background, but they do a really nice job of, of training uh, with USDA. So I got in as what was called a farm loan officer trainee position. And um, from there, graduated into a, a farm loan officer, uh, worked in that position for about nine years here in the local area, uh, Norwalk. And, um, and from there, uh, Eventually became the farm loan manager in the office for a few uh, few years, and then the position opened up to become what's called a district director, and um, it's kind of uh, oversight now of farm loan uh, the farm loan programs as well as the farm programs in a 15 county district. So, what does your district? How does your district look like? Okay, so <laughs> we're District Five, um, and if you can imagine, like maybe overlaying the shape of Florida and. Starting in the northwest corner of Ohio, I cover Williams uh, in Defiance County across Route 6 and the Turnpike uh, to Huron and Erie. Uh, I include Crawford, uh, Seneca counties, um, and then down to Knox County. So um, Ashland, Richland in between there. So it's yeah, 15 counties in between that district. It's quite a wide variety of counties and different agriculture mixed in uh, into all of those counties. It, it is. It is. We've got uh, in the Northwest District there, um, you know, Defiance County has a lot of CRP work uh, up there, um, uh, a lot of conservation, especially when you get along the lake. Uh, when you start getting farther south, we have uh, different types of conservation because of some of the rolling topography. So a lot more waterways, uh, things of that nature. So um, it, it's it's a definite uh, definitely an interesting cross section to have. Uh, some of the larger producers are Wood County, Henry County, up in that neighborhood, um, and and you have the the smaller operations as well. And then with Norwalk, um, especially Norwalk, and a little bit coming into Toledo now too. But Norwalk services Cleveland out of the Lone uh, District, so we have our Urban Ag uh, initiative up in Cleveland going on right now, and uh, so that's a, a completely different. Uh, experience for everybody too. So, 
yeah, we kind of cover the gamut, uh, especially out of this district. Yeah, that's a wide variety. Um, so can you then, since you talked about, you mentioned some some of the programs there, can you give us an overview of what FSA is and um, all the different pieces and parts of it? Sure. So uh, FSA started out as a product of the New Deal back in, in the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl era. It's morphed over the years into a number of different uh, iterations of the agency, depending on what the need was at the current time. The latest happened in 1995, where it used to be the, the ASCS and the Farmers Home Administration. Uh, they actually brought those agencies together. The Farmers Home Administration used to have rural lending and, uh, and housing, and they split that off. Uh, housing went into what's now known as rural development, and uh, the farm loans side of it came into FSA. Uh, and, and then the ASCS also came in. For a year, they called it the CFSA, the Consolidated Farm Services Agency, and then they changed it to just the Farm Service Agency. Um, but it's unique because we do have two different uh, focuses. So uh, the farm program side is, is where um, our, our, um, our entitlement programs, our, our ARC PLCs, our CRPs, our, our things of that nature, our dairy, you know, our price supports, where those are our administered. And then our farm loan programs are, you know, what you're used to with, with banking and, and I guess that type of thing where we're, um, we're making loans, we're actually guaranteeing loans through, through our commercial lenders, partners. So uh, it's, it's, a unique, uh, it's a unique setup uh, within the government because there's not many that have multiple focuses like we do. So pe some people get confused with USDA, FSA, so you, FSA is a part of USDA. Yes, yes. So USDA is is the uh, is the overall uh, department. Okay, um, that's a that's a federal department. Uh, there's a secretary that sits in the president's cabinet. Uh, that's the secretary of ag, Thomas Vilsack, um, and then we have agencies within the USDA, and the Farm Service Agency uh, has our our administrator. Um, and then that's that's our construct there. So the administrator reports to the secretary of ag, and um, and then you know we have our, our various areas and responsibilities below that. But um, but yeah, the farm service agency is is actually grouped under a, a, a separate uh, subtitle called FPAC, and that is uh, uh, FSA, uh, NRCS, Natural Resource Conservation Service. The uh, Rural Development, and um, uh, RMA, Risk Management. It's a good collection. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that all of our customers need. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All in one spot. So um, how is FSA funded? So, um, like I said, FSA's got two different subsects. So we also have two different ways that we're funded. Uh, farm loan programs are funded through the annual budget. Okay, so if, if you've participated in our programs in the past, we used to have times where we'd have limited funding availability, especially start getting this time of the year. That hasn't happened in a while. Congress has been very generous in, in funding our programs. We've, we've shown a very low delinquency rate. We've shown um, an efficient uh, way of getting money into the, into the communities and, and a positive return on the investment. So the Congress has really uh, done a great job of funding our programs um, so we haven't had to work with, about that, but that's uh, the funding comes every every October first through the annual appropriations bill for farm loan programs. Um, the farm 
programs side, uh, that's actually authorized, funding for that's authorized through the farm bill. And that farm bill is every, you know, five or so years, depending on if there's extensions or whatever. Um, but, but that farm bill um, sets up the programs, authorizes Congress to uh, initiate ad hoc programs, which we've had a ton of here in the, in, you know, especially since the pandemic and other disasters that have gone on. So, um, you know, that's a little bit more set in stone, at least where the funding is on that. We know the funding is there. It's available. It's by law. It's, it's got to be there. Whereas the farm loan side, that's that's more of a, a cyclical annual thing. Yeah, and that's a great thing um, that we are funded yearly, annually, just because, I mean, we, we do a lot of guaranteed loans, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, and a lot of dire- direct financing. So we don't ever want you guys to run out of money for our guarantees. <laughs> No, that would not be a good thing. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, going off of guarantees, what are the benefits of working with FSA um, directly or using another lender to have guaranteed loans? Sure. So with the farm loan program, um, we don't compete with the commercial lenders. Uh, you know, we, we can operate as a, as a very similar to a commercial lender with our direct loan program. But our goal is, is actually to get people into the, com- the hands of commercial lenders. Um, we're trying to develop their financial acuity. So um, what we'll do is if somebody comes to us, we'll ask, have you talked to a commercial lender yet? And uh, if they haven't, then we'll encourage them to, to reach out to, you know, the, the lenders in their area, see what they're willing to do for them. Um, we'll talk to them about the guaranteed loan programs first, because uh, the first thing is, okay, like, for instance, let's just take ag credit. Go, go talk to Ag Credit over there. Uh, see if they're willing to work with you, um, you know, even if we have to get a guarantee. And what we'll explain the guarantee does is it allows the lender some flexibility in their lending practices uh, to, uh, and, and you can weigh in if you want to on, on how you guys actually use them. But, uh, you know, from our standpoint, it allows the lender to um, uh, maybe offset some risk that, that, you know, maybe you wouldn't make the loan if they just walked in off the street with no, no other backing but we'll guarantee that that loan up to 90%. And basically what that means is if you walk out tomorrow and default on that loan and, and everything's liquidated, we'll cover 90% of, of any type of loss that's left over for the lender. So they're only covering, uh, you know, only really carrying 10% of any type of risk after uh, a liquidation. So that's significant. Um, and, and it's a, a minimal cost one time to the lender. There's some other guarantees out there through other federal agencies that are an annual fee. FSA is a one-time shot. Um, I think that's pretty significant. So a lot of benefits from that aspect. Um, and then if, if it's just a situation where it doesn't work out to work, um, just you know, with a guarantee, we'll look at maybe a participating uh, arrangement where FSA will, will take on a portion of the, the debt directly. Maybe ag credit or, or another lender is still involved with, uh, with a guaranteed loan. And we, we take a junior lien through FSA. So um, we'll do that. And if that isn't an option either, then we'll look at doing the entire thing, uh, depending on you know our limits up to, uh, with a farm ownership loan, up to $600,000 uh, we can do through FSA directly as if we're, we're the bank and we're carrying all the, the obligation and, and uh, the underwriting and, and everything. So where is the interest rate right now for those farm ownership loans? So like everything, they've creeped up, uh, you know, the days of, of borrowing at a, at a, you know, 2% or whatever through FSA are, are kind of, they're, they're gone for now. Um, 
I believe, and I have to check 100% certainty, but I, they're around 45 to 5% uh, for our long-term le- rates, which, you know, they're still pretty good. It's hard to complain about that. Um, you know, somebody in the building here once told me the, the average uh, 40, 30, 40-year 40 average interest rate is 8%. And uh, this was back when stuff was, you know, 3%. I know who said that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and it said, wasn't me. <laughs> and, and so I've used that line a lot. You know, hey, things are going to get back that way, and they're going to go over that because eight percent. You know, an average. That's the way they work. You get higher than that, and well, we're we're here. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, the pendulum swings, and and uh, and and we'll come back down at one point, but we'll you know, it's just it's just the way the market works. So. I just think for any beginning farmer, I mean, if you are able to, you know, do a direct loan or do any participating loans with, a, you know, with ag credit and FSA, you know, that you said four, four and a half, something around there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that interest rate is, to, I mean, wherever it is, if it's in the fours, you know. Four and three quarters is sticking out of my head for some reason. So. But anyway, I mean, that's just, a, that's a cost savings. That is how you're going to be able to purchase, you know, a farm because, you know, there's some loans right now that we are able to, we weren't, we were able to prove before, you know, like a year ago or two years ago, but now we can't because mm-hmm. of the, you know, just the interest costs that you have. So being open to working with FSA, I think is an absolute um, must right it's now. It's real advantage for your cash flow. And, and we have a couple of other programs that, and the rate I'm talking about is if we're doing hundred percent of the financing with FSA. So if we're participating with another lender, um, there's a there's a, a cap to it, uh, or I guess a, a floor to it, two and a half percent on our participating loans. So right now uh, it's two and a half percent, and there's a formula there. And once we get over a certain rate with our direct rate, uh, loan rate, then that'll maybe start creeping up. But since the inception of the program, we've been at two and a half percent on on the participating rates, uh, which again nothing to to sneeze at, especially when you're looking at whatever you're looking at commercially. And then uh, if you're a beginning farmer or a uh, socially disadvantaged applicant, underserved applicant, uh, you could qualify potentially on a farm purchase for what's called the down payment program. And the down payment program uh, is structured so that FSA covers up to 45% of the purchase price uh, or it, it, it's, uh, it's capped at a certain number too. Um, up to 45% of the purchase price at 1.5% fixed interest on a 20-year amortization. Um, the, the caveat there is that you bring in a uh, participating commercial lender. They cover uh, their portion at their rates for a 30-year term, and, um, and then uh, you provide 5% cash down payment. If you've worked with trying to obtain a, a real estate loan, mm-hmm. uh, 5% is extremely reasonable, mm-hmm. and 1.5% of a portion of your funding is significant. And just so our listeners know, we will put all of these details um, in our show notes so you don't if you're driving or riding in the tractor or whatever we'll have these in the show notes so you can refer back to yep. so you've touched on it a little bit the qualifications of working with fsa uh, you mentioned my minority underadvantaged or underprivileged mm-hmm. uh touch on some of that a little bit sure so we work with um with a variety of producers um we we have some targeted funds they're they're not um uh, they're not necessarily funds that are, uh, um, are, are specific, but I guess targeted. So what we do is at the end of the year, we'll pool funds together. So it's not like it's just for certain people, but there are funds pulled aside just so that like for uh, female applicants, so that if we would run out of funds, uh, that 
somebody that comes to us from a certain group that hasn't been served all year, well, sorry, we don't have any funds left. Now, we, we hold those back, and then at the end of the year, if there's a need, we pull all those funds together. But um, to be eligible to work with FSA, um, you've got to show a need to work with FSA. So, you know, you, you either a lot of times beginning farmers qualify just because, uh, you know, they're, they're not able to gain all their financing through a commercial lender. And that's what we call the test for credit. And, and that applies to everybody uh, that we work with. So you've got to be unable to, to obtain all of your financing needs through a commercial lender for what you're looking to do. Um, that's really what it comes down to from there. Uh, you know, it depends on whether you qualify as a beginning farmer to qualify as a beginning farmer. There's uh, if you're buying real estate, there's a uh, 30% of the average farm size in the County. You have to own less than that uh, before the purchase and uh, also have been farming uh, between three and 10 years. So, you know, that's our qualification for a beginning farmer. Beyond that, it's, it's really, like I said, it relies on the test for credit. So a new farmer, this is going to be their first season. Mm-hmm. Odds are they're probably not going to be able to get funding from FSA. It depends on what they're looking to do. Okay. So it's tough to, to come into farming and just buy land and say, hey, I'm, I've never done anything like this before. I want to come in and, uh, and, and buy land and start farming tomorrow. Everybody that's been around farming knows that's that the practicality that of that. Yeah, it's just it's hard. Okay, um, and, and I one of my ter, uh, collateral duties. I, I'm actually on the beginning farmer rancher team for Ohio, uh, which consists of the other three agencies I mentioned earlier. And and we field a lot of questions from beginning farmers. Um, so you know, how do we get started? Well, we have some ways to qualify to uh, you know to meet the three year requirement to buy land, and, and I think. You guys probably have, uh, you know, some of those things as well. Other lenders have in place a three-year requirement of, of some sort of experience. Um, so uh, we can substitute two of those three years uh, when we're buying land, either with education in an agriculture-related field, um, industry experience, whether that's as a farm manager or, you know, significant contribution to an operation, uh, you know, in the bookkeeping and things of that nature, decision-making. Uh, we can look at... Um, Depending on the size of loan, if you've got been involved with uh, certain uh, qualifying education uh, uh, courses or, or SCORE program or anything like that, we can get creative with some of that stuff when it comes to buying land. But if you're coming to us and, and it's your first year, you've got a piece of land, you're, you're leasing out, um, and you say, hey, I want to get, I need funding to operate. We can certainly look at that. We, we just need one year of something. So, you know, we can, qual- if you have a degree, in agriculture, or you've, you've, you know, you've, you've been part of your family operation or whatever that is, or, uh, you've, you've taken, uh, any of these, um, uh, qualifying, uh, uh, educational courses, uh, whatever they may be. There's some incubator classes out there through Central State University, Ohio State University puts on some good courses. Um, those can qualify to get you to that one-year requirement for shorter-term loans to either, uh, buy equipment or gain operating. So it's not necessarily always like cutting somebody off at, well, you haven't been doing it for three years, so we can't help you. It's, okay, let's look at the background. What constitutes the contribution to those three years? Yeah, yeah. And we, and we don't try to say no. We try to say not right now, if that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to show you the way forward and how to get to the point where you could be eligible to to do what you're looking to do. So um, that, that's the biggest thing is, you know, like I said, not no per se, but maybe just not right now. Let's get you to that point. Let's help you get, you know, understand where you're going to qualify. Yep. 
And what are the um, requirements of obtaining and maintaining a loan with FSA? Sure. So we're called, um, well, it used to be called supervised credit. Now it's called uh, progressive lending. Uh, we change vernacular all the time. but uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the government, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you guys do it too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the, the whole point is that, like I said, we're trying to, to get our producers to a point to where they're eligible for commercial credit and, and what we call graduation. And uh, so in doing that, um, we collect annual financials, which I think is pretty standard for most lenders. But uh, we actually sit down and go through those numbers and we'll, we'll talk, uh, try to update the farm assessment every year. And um, we'll do an operational review is what it's called now. And, uh, and we'll go through your operation. We, it's, it's a little bit more, um, I don't want to call it, I'm going to call it handholding. It's a little bit more handholding through the process, um, but it's, it's with the, the goal of trying to get your operation on solid footing or get you to a point to where, uh, you know, uh, an ag credit of, or somebody else is willing to say, hey, you know, that's a, that's a good financial risk for us to take on. And, uh, and by being as involved as we are, um, we're not going to sit there and tell you, you have to sell your beans today or tell you anything like that. But we're going to sit back and look at the operation, look at your balance sheet, look at your cash flow projection, uh, look at what you're doing and, and maybe say, okay, well, and ask questions. You know, why are you doing this? Or, or how are you getting to this point or, you know, what's your goals and, and what's your plan to get there? Just thought provoking things to try to, um, you know, nothing else, try to catch problems before they become problems for you. Now there are some that have to do a, well, like a financial type course of some sort. Yes. Just to yep. Help guide them. Especially, I mean, I think it's a real advantage to be able to go through something like that, especially when you're first starting out, because sometimes it's, well, what's this classified as, or, you know, how can I, you know, make this work or, or whatnot? So, yeah, we have, uh, as part of our lending process, there's a borrower training and that's a requirement. Um, it can be waived in certain situations where we have an abundance of experience, uh, of financial background, things of that nature. If you come and you have your books all in order and, and you, you kind of demonstrate that maybe this isn't something that applies to you, you can apply for a waiver for that. But on the whole, we, we typically require that. And, and the reason why I push to require that is, is just like you said, it's, you can't hear that stuff enough. You guys working in lending, you know that, uh, we're constantly, you know, learning more stuff or, or reminded of certain things. Uh, and we work with it every day. So, um, we have a number of vendors that you can select courses through, um, that, that, uh, we have two different types of training. One is financial management training, and the other is called production training or production, um, uh, the production course. The production course doesn't actually tell you like, okay, how deep should I plant my corn or anything like that? Um, when should I look to spray? It, it doesn't get into that. It tells you, um, so the, the financial management course is general finance. The production management course, you actually choose um, what type of industry you're in? Is it cattle? Is it live? You know, or is it other types of livestock? Is it is it uh, you know corn, soybeans, wheat? And it takes those financial principles and applies it directly to your type of operation, so that you have an idea of of maybe some things to look for. Maybe the ratios maybe are a little bit different because of the um, the cash flow during the the operating cycle. Um, so. It's tailored more towards that, and and the feedback we've had from people that have taken the courses with open minds has been really good. So I think we have some good vendors that have have some nice products out there to to look at, and the cost really of of doing it is very minimal. 
Yeah, I think that is so beneficial for a young beginning farmer or anybody that's just starting out just to have that. Like, I know Brenna has talked about, you know, like just learning how to to put your books in order. How do you need to organize things? How do you need to present um, your financials to your lender um, and just how to keep track of things? Because I think when you first come into it, you're just very, very overwhelmed. Um, And then it's like, oh, I didn't know I had to do that. Or, oh, I didn't know. And, you know, until we start asking questions, you know, and then they're, you know, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play. And you know, when, when you're coming to a lender for, for, uh, you know, to ask for a loan, you're asking somebody to take a risk on you. And so the more you can bring to the table to show that, well, yeah, I have these risks, but here's what offsets those risks. I, I know what I'm doing with my finances or I, I, you know, I have additional collateral or whatever that offsetting, uh, you know, feature is to your risk, that's going to go farther towards, you know, folks like you making loans. So you're, it's a sales pitch. You're, mm-hmm. you're trying yep. to say, Hey, I'm a good risk to take. And this is why. Yep. And I think it's so neat to see them, to see your customers grow. Cause then, you know, they come in the next and it's like, Oh, I have a 1231 balance sheet and Oh man, like, I can see the difference from year to year and it's like, yes, we finally, (laughs) we finally got there. And it's just really neat because then they have, they have a better understanding and they make better choices production wise, management wise to, to increase, you know, whatever their, their goals are on their operation. Well, it keeps them on track as far as what their goal, like you just said, their goals, because each year you can see that progression and obviously we wanted to get better and better and better. Because we know at the beginning it's not going to be the best looking, but well, nobody gets into farming to keep books, (laughs) (laughs) and and there's a lot going on. So you know things get put on the back burner, and it's really easy when it's something that you're not comfortable with or you don't understand a hundred percent. That that's the first thing that's going to get shoved aside. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know your bookkeeping is one of the first things that's going to get you in trouble. Oh, absolutely. Correct. And if you if you get behind on that, or you don't understand what you're doing with it, um, you don't understand what the numbers are telling you. That that can really you know cause some hiccups and put you in a bad spot. So, yeah, getting involved and getting out in front of all this stuff is is definitely a benefit. I'm sure we've all heard. I'm going to do so much better this coming year. Every right. month I get to sit down for a day and just do it. And then like three months And then it's this time by. of year and it's yep. like, oh man, I'm so far behind up through the spring. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Somewhere along the way, you fell in love with farming. Then you dreamed you can make a difference by doing what you love. But getting started isn't easy. At Ag Credit, we know the challenges you face in getting your family farm off the ground. That's why our Ag Start loans are designed to help small farms and new farmers when you need it the most. From the beginning, we all start somewhere, start here with an Ag Start loan from Ag Credit. Contact your local office to get started today. Learn more at agcredit.net. Welcome back. We are here with Kurt from FSA. Uh, we've uh, learned a little bit about, you know, the requirements that FSA, you know, requires to to get into your programs, obviously what FSA is, what department it's a part of, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to dive in a, a little bit more. What are the, and you actually kind of mentioned this a little bit before, what are the different loan programs that FSA offers? Sure. So we have um, the main overarching loan programs, the farm ownership loans, which are our long-term loans, uh, just like they sound like. We, we can buy land with them. We can make uh large uh, real estate improvements. Um, we can 
uh, you know, whether it's buildings or tile or things of that nature, fencing, um, anything that's got to be termed out over 10 years uh, or longer, up to 40 years. Then we have what's called our operating loans, and that's split into two different types. Uh, we have term operating loans, which, again, can be used for equipment, uh, breeding livestock, uh, you know, shorter-term building uh, loans, um, anything along that lines. And then we have operating loans, annual operating loans, and they function a little bit differently than what most products are uh, for, like, uh, for operating. A lot of lenders have what's called a line of credit, which is a revolving line uh, every year, and uh, you have it for maybe a term of five years, and maybe there's a, a qualification that you have to pay it down to a certain balance every year. We have an annual operating loan, which um, you can't pull from and pay back and pull from and pay back multiple times during the year. So if you uh, say if you need $20,000, but you need that $20,000 five times during the year, you're going to come to us for a $100,000 annual operating loan. You're going to take $20,000 out, and then you're going to pay that $20,000 back, and you're going to do that five times. So um, it's a little bit different product, and, and the reason we have it that way is what we talked about earlier. Our funding is on an annual basis, so we can't go out past you know, the current fiscal year's funding on our loan programs. So, um, But with that, we, we do kind of mirror the commercial uh, sector a little bit with what we offer uh, with our loan programs. Now, within those loan programs – we have different types of loan structures. So we talked a little bit about the beginning farmer down payment program. We can, we can mix that up. Um, we, can, uh, we can utilize the joint financing arrangement uh, where we, you know, either with our operating or our farm ownership loans um, on different projects. We also have the microloan program. And that microloan program is for, or is for operating or farm ownership loans up to $50,000. We can use a microloan in conjunction with a participating loan. So if you have uh, a scenario where maybe you're, you're looking to purchase land, you're pretty strong, but you don't have the down payment, that $50,000 could be used for a down payment. It's a quicker process um, to, to getting a loan, a little bit less documentation needed on our part to get to a, get to a yes on that. And, um, and, and then, you know, it can speed up the closing date. Um, Additionally, we're piloting some different things within the agency right now. Uh, one is called a fast track application. I think you guys have something similar to that. Most lenders do, uh, where we'll have a, a scoring process where we may not have to do a full underwrite. That's in 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 testing right now, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, we we have a couple locations in Ohio that are working on that, so that's kind of exciting. That is very exciting. Anything fast track is, is awesome. When you are talking about like your joint financing, is that, so the 50-50 is typically what we call it. So is that to buy land? Is that for buildings? Um, can you use like, let's say, okay, I'm going to give you two scenarios here. My husband and I, let's say we're coming to you and we want to build a hog barn and we're beginning farmers. Can we do a beginning farmer down payment loan? We can do a joint financing arrangement. Okay. So the down payment program is strictly for buying land. Okay. But we can do the, the joint financing arrangement where we're 50-50 on building structures like a hog barn, anything like that. Now, we can also do the joint financing for non-beginning farmers to buy land. So even if you're not a beginning farmer, if you need help with the financing of land, we can still get you in at that 2.5% on FSA's 50% portion, and we're not going to require a 5% down payment. Uh, the disadvantage there is, is that um, 
you, the guarantee that you would obtain on the remaining 50% would, uh, would be at 90% with the guarantee fee, which is one and a half percent of the 90%, uh, if you can follow that math. <laughs> but, um, but at any rate, on the, on the uh, beginning farmer down payment program, that's actually a 95% guarantee with no guarantee fee. Okay. So, yeah. So the joint financing, you can do buildings with, but not the beginning farmer down payment Correct. loan. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's just something I wanted to clarify. And then my question is, a lot of my customers get confused when you talk about, okay, we're talking about the land loans over here, but then they're coming in for like CC type loans or facility loans. And then it's the county office does that, but then they think the county office also does the farm ownership loans and the direct financing piece or the 50-50, you know, whatever on the land piece. Can you talk about that and explain, clarify that confusion? Sure. So, so the, um, Facility loan program is, is falls under our price support along with the market assistant loan, the MALs. Those fall under the price support section on farm programs. And we talked about the different funding. Uh, those are authorized through the farm bill. So that's why they fall under the, the farm program, the county office um, uh, responsibilities for administering those loans. They have a, a, a vastly different process for application, for security, for everything else. Um, it, it's, it's, it's quite different. Um, and it's just how the program is written. Um, farm loan programs is more, I guess, lender, uh, mm-hmm. associated. It's, it's, it's more like that process. Um, the other programs are more on the, uh, on the front of trying to support, um, activities that would allow you to maximize your price. That's why you're able to build grain bins. That's why you're able to, uh, advance funds on grain stored, you know, for a later date that, so there's some different goals there. Okay. No, that's good to know. Cause I know I, my, they're always like, well, county office does this. I'm like, no, no. It's two totally different things. And they just don't, and they, as a as a customer, they don't understand that aspect. And so that's just good to know. That's a good explanation. Yes. Okay, so we've talked about this a little bit too. So direct money versus guaranteed money. Um, and there are limits to those. You've already talked about um, direct money uh, of 600000 and that being broke down. Um, what it, would it be on guaranteed funds? And yep. what is that? Sure. So our guaranteed um, lending limit overall, uh, that changes every year. Rate of inflation uh, affects that. So it's gone up quite a bit here lately. Um, but uh, for 2023, fiscal year 2023, which runs through September 30th, our limit is $2,037,000. That's our guaranteed limit. And that is uh, combined, you know, if, if you're any guarantee falls under that. So guaranteed OLs, operating loans, guaranteed farm ownership loans, combined $2,037,000. Our direct loans, um, so if we have direct farm ownership loans, that limit is $600,000. If you're getting into direct operating loans, that limit is $400,000. Um, we haven't had emergency loans. Uh, that, that falls in when we have a, a declarated disaster. We, you know, Depending on what happens, we may get into those, but uh, that limit's $500,000. Um, if you're getting into the beginning farmer down payment program, the maximum that we'll lend from FSA's portion is $300,150 for that 1.5%. One, one um, I never just pick a number and go with it. <laughs> there, there's there's a whole reason behind it, but you know it's it's there's when you start research and we won't get into all that, but there's there's a whole reason why we end up with the extra hundred and fifty dollars there. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
and it has to do with the authorization and the way it was written in the regs. But at any, <laughs> yeah, <just right>. <laughs> at, at, at any rate, uh, we, we get into uh, combined assistant types. So we start looking at if we have a farm ownership loan from FSA and a farm ownership loan or a, a farm ownership guarantee, um, just farm ownership or just operating loans, that cap is still $2,037,000. Okay, so we, we can't combine those and say we have 2.6 million plus. Um, but if we start looking at having operating loans and farm ownership loans mixed in there, that's when we can start expanding that limit and we can get up to $2.637 million. Um, if we would happen to throw an emergency loan on there, that additional $500,000 is on top of that. So that gets us all the way up to uh, 3.137. So, you know, we get to that point, we work pretty closely with you guys when we get, get yes. into those scenarios <laughs> and trying to see where our limits are and where we can push. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, they, they've really tried to push those uh, expanded limits to try to uh, uh, capture a, a wider net of people that, that need our help, especially with land prices going up. You know, we, we've got land prices going up around here, but uh, you, you, don't, you don't have to travel very far to hear some, some real stories of land prices really going mm -hmm. up. So. Yeah. I have a sticky note on my desk and it has like four lines through like what the limit was. <laughs> so each time it's been updated. So yeah. That means you've been here four years. A little longer, but <laughs> well, no, it was four and a half. So yeah, it's got four numbers on there. But so. that's exciting with the new farm bill coming because some of those limits could be, could be mm -hmm. raised um, through, through the bill. So you talked about working with ag credit. And so how does FSA work with ag credit? Um, we work quite well with Ag Credit, um, to be honest. We have a pretty good relationship. Ag Credit uh, does a lot of guarantees, and um, and and they're what's called a preferred lender, um, PLP status. And uh, so, what basically what that means is we trust you. <laughs> uh, you guys do a good job of making loans. You have a low delinquency rate. So um, when you submit an application to us, we have a little less uh, requirement for documentation, and we can we can turn those around pretty quick. Um, we also do a good job, uh, you know, partnering when, when looking at graduating folks, uh, that, that, uh, direct and, uh, guaranteed program, that joint financing arrangement, uh, whoever the other uh, participating lender is, is, is pretty well, uh, set up to be a, a transitional lender for, for FSA debt. So, uh, we do a nice job of working together. I think it's good open communication between us and we you know, talk about our programs and how we can help the producers. So, um, really enjoy the time that we spend working with, with all of our lenders, but especially ag credit partners. So just to be a little bit more detailed, we, so if somebody is applying for, um, like a 50, 50 or beginning farmer, they are able, like we, they're able to come to us and we're able to put our balance, their balance sheet together, their, do their earning statement and help them fill out the application and also send off some of that um, information to you guys just to help them because, you know, I've seen that application the application is a little overwhelming for some producers. Um, so we're able to do that. And then also the annual um, requirement of financials, we're able to send off if they brought their balance sheet and taxes into us as well, correct? Yeah, there's no sense in, in uh, recreating the wheel. So if you have something and you know the, the applicant okays it, we're okay with getting it from you and vice versa. If we have something and they're okay with us sending it over to, to Ag Credit, and, you know, sure, you know, we'll send it over to you. And there's, there's no sense in doing it twice over. It's, yep. you know, like I said, nobody gets into it to do the paperwork. Might as well not do it twice. <laughs> exactly. Now on the application, that application has been changed recently. 
Uh, they've con- consolidated it to a much shorter, uh, a lot less pages um, in, in the application process. Uh, most of the information is still in there and still necessary, uh, but but they've made it a lot more streamlined, at least from a visual aspect. So hopefully it's a little less daunting. That's exciting to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's very I exciting. always tell everybody, if, even if like sitting down, it does take some time, but sitting down and doing that, when you sit and figure out the dollars that you're spending and or borrowing or whatever, it is so worth the time to sit down and do that paperwork and to turn that in. Because just the amount of one interest you're saving by doing some participation or um, farm loan directly with FSA, I mean, you just saved your, think of an hourly rate like that you're paying yourself and you just, you know, eliminated that by, or well, saved money by filling that out. So, I mean, it's so worth taking that time and doing it. And, and to be fair, the people we work with, you know, we work with people that need us. And so, you know, is it worth it to you to do what you want to do? I mean, it's, we don't force anybody to work with us. Um, so if you want to do, you know, buy that land, you want to build that barn, you want to do whatever it is, um, is it worth it for you to sit down and put that investment into uh, filling that application out? And then from our standpoint, understand, you know, you're coming to us because you've been turned down or, or maybe you, you aren't in a financial position to work 100% with a commercial lender. So there's more risk involved. You know, for you, somebody else has already vetted you out to say that you're riskier. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to look, take a deeper dive into what's going on there and not to say that there's anything bad, but we're going to actually examine the application maybe a little bit more under a microscope uh, than, than what a commercial lender will. And maybe that is where the issue lies, too, is just is having that full understanding and then understanding why we need all of that information. It's like, oh, you needed that. Oh, like we talked about earlier. And then it's like, OK, that makes way more sense to me now of why that matters in the loan application process. And, and we have a very low delinquency rate. I mean, we really do. Um, and uh, and that's part of the reason, you know, part of the reason why is because we do go through our applications with a fine tooth comb and try to you know, point things out up front that we see maybe was overlooked or, you know, wasn't considered. Um, and, and then we, we stay with the, uh, with the applicants throughout their, their loan time with us. That's a real team effort though, too. I mean, I've had uh, one of your loan officers come over and we've sat down actually right here in the room that we're sitting in and put their financials up and we discussed it point by point going through everything. It was a three and a half hour meeting and they walked away like, okay, like we're totally doing this and like felt comfortable. So like we did the whole real estate loan. FSA was taking care of one, if they were going to do a barn improvement to the livestock and equipment purchase, and then also the operating. So them sitting down, knowing exactly who was taking care of what, why we were taking care of what, and then sitting down and going through the financials. Cause I mean, they really wanted us to do a complete 50-50 or have FSA do the real estate loan. And it's like, but financially, this works out for you, and this is why. And then in order for them to see the difference, I mean, your loan officer went through and she said, like, well, I'm going to have to completely change this format and decrease your cash flow so that I can make it work for you guys. I don't think you guys want us to do that. <laughs> and it was like, finally, after I mean, after a little while, the light went on and it was like, oh, they really are all together having our backs on this. And if it wasn't going to work, they were none of us were going to do it. 
Yeah, it, it's in nobody's interest here to uh, to put anybody in a bad position. And Correct. and you know I've unfortunately had to, to turn loans down, and and uh, you know it just is part of the deal. We all have, uh, but I've I've had people come up to me afterwards and say that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they may hate you for the moment. They hate you for the moment. <laughs> right. They don't agree with you, but you know, down the road another opportunity opened up that maybe was better, or you know they weren't in a position it would have put them in a hardship. Mm-hmm. It's going to make more work for everybody down the line if we put people in bad positions, and that's just not what we're we're here to do. Okay, so we've talked about obviously working together and all that kind of stuff, and people hear the word graduation and they think cap and gown, all that kind of stuff. What is it when FSS, FSA says we're going to need you to graduate? So we talked about the uh, progressive lending or the supervised credit, and the graduation is kind of the culmination of that process. So basically. Um, we do our annual or our our, um, our our what we're calling it now operational review, and once we're through that operational review, uh, we'll see where you're at financially. If you're in a position to where, and, and I'll back up. Every year we survey all the lenders in the area, including Ag Credit, to see what your lending standards are, and then we'll compare your numbers against these lending standards. And oh, well, maybe you'll fit in with Ag Credit, or maybe you know a couple of these are off, but majority of these are pretty good numbers. Maybe they'll take a look at you and we'll ask you to go check out that lender. Once they say, yeah, we will take this on and this is the rate and terms and everybody's good with it. That is essentially graduating out of FSA debt. Um, when we make our loans, we make a, a, a 20, 30, 40 year loan. The anticipation is that you're not going to pay us, make your final payment with FSA. The anticipation is that we're going to put you in a position financially that you are going to be able to go out on your own and get that get that uh, that debt taken care of through a commercial lender, and and for a number of reasons. The first one being that, um, you know, we do have our loan limits, and if you're going to grow in your operation, especially with the price of things going up, you don't want to be sitting here saddled by us in our loan limits. You you want to move out into the world where. You know, I, I would I, I don't want to get into what your loan limits are because it's it's I'm sure multiples of what ours is. So, uh, you know, a lot more oppor- no, <laughs> a lot more opportunity out there than what we have yeah. to offer. So, um, you know, that's we're a starting point. So if you think about it that way, we're a starting point and we want to get you into commercial credit. So that's where graduation is. Physically, it's refinancing. Yes. yes. Technically, it's refinancing. Yes. 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 And I think is that the word you're looking for? No, I just thought of it <laughs> sitting here. <laughs> I, I, I had a long way of saying it's refinancing. So <laughs> you should have been a lawyer. <laughs> I get you into the word jumbo. <laughs> so how long can one expect to be? What is, or I guess, what's the average that somebody's in those loan programs? I don't know if there is an average. I mean, I'm sure obviously there is an average, but you know, if it, it, it really depends on your operation. You know, we have some people that stick with us for a year or two, and and they're they just needed to get through a certain point in their operation, and they took off, or or they we knew they were going to take off, and we have that conversation up front. Listen, you're not going to be here with us long. Just so you understand, this is what's going to happen. And yes, there may be additional, you know, additional closing costs or whatever down the line, but and, and we have that conversation. So is it worth it to go through this this process? And a lot of times it is. You know, you're saving initial interest. That one-year interest savings, especially now, can be significant and can offset that closing. Um, you know, you figure that over a couple of years, you're paying some principal uh, down, so it's not quite as, as large of a closing. Um, we have folks that we do take to full maturity, 
you know, it's, it's, it just depends on your situation. I think we're ad credits, you know, on the same page of it's a good starting point for somebody. And then, you know, later down the road as you grow, we'll get there. So we're all on the same page and we really appreciate that first start um, for FSA. Okay. So there have been some letters that have come out here recently talking about Inflation Reduction Act, Extraordinary Measures Assistance. What in the world is this letter? So, uh, Every farm loan participant in the country got this letter. Um, and uh, it's part of the Inflation Reduction Act. It's in Section 22006. And, um, you didn't have any notes with that number, did you? It's right off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyways, they've, they've come up, they've been tasked with um, trying to define a few things. And, and one is a, uh, um, a distressed borrower. The other is a borrower who has taken extra extraordinary measures to stay current with FSA. <clears throat> so in order to do that, um, they, they've, they've outlined five different things that could have been done over the past year to stay current with FSA that would be considered extraordinary measures. They range from um, taking a deferral out on a non-FSA loan, um, obtaining additional debt that's not nor normally taken out in the normal course of your operation, in order to stay current on your farm loan payment. Um, if you were delinquent as of May 19th of 2023 on essential family living or farm operating expenses in order to make your farm loan, there's some quite other caveats there. Uh, if you did an early withdrawal of uh, what we'd call a non-liquid asset, uh, such as retirement fund, college fund, uh, long-term investment, maybe uh, I think sale of uh, real estate or anything else like that would qualify. So if you have done something like that to try to stay current with FSA, uh, you know, where you wouldn't necessarily be looked at by FSA as a distressed borrower now, but it's because you took these extraordinary measures, uh, what, they're, what they're saying is that you can submit to, uh, uh, for, that, for relief from those extraordinary measures. And there's two ways to do that. Uh, you can do it in person, uh, and there's a list in that letter. Uh, it's, a long, it's a long list, I'll be honest. But there's a lot of things, uh, depending on your situation, you may have to bring with you to justify and improve uh, the extraordinary measures that you've taken. Uh, you can also uh, get onto our farmers.gov website, which is a very good website. I'll plug it again. It's, uh, um, it's probably one of the best things that FSA has done since I've been with FSA is develop that website. Uh, but it's, it's farmers.gov and it's backslash IRA22006 request. And uh, if you get into farmers.gov and you, you, you lose that, uh, that link, you can get into farmers.gov and find it as well. But that actually will walk you through uh, submitting it through that portal as well. So there's two different ways to do that. We'll make sure that that information that Kurt just said is in the show notes so you guys can click it and, and just go. Um, so, well, that sounds like an awesome program for some of our customers that are, or anybody that has direct money with FSA if they did take those extraordinary measures um, to do whatever it takes to keep current on their loans, which um, in the past couple of years could have been um, many people. Well, yeah. I mean, the like I'm thinking of somebody who actually withdrew money from their 401k in order to purchase something. Is that something that might fall under that? Potentially. Now, understand okay. this is new to everybody, Correct. including <laughs> FSA staff. So we're learning as no we go. As, yes, we're learning as we go as well, and, and we're going to try to walk through all the regulations. Um, my understanding is that whatever the the um, uh, 
the need to make FSA's payment was. So if you sold, uh, I think there's an example in the letter. If you uh, if you took you know thirty thousand dollars out of your IRA, your IRA um, to uh, not to pay, make FSA's payment, um, then you could potentially be eligible for up to thirty thousand dollars of a payment. Um, if you took sixty thousand dollars out to meet all your obligations, but you only owed FSA twenty, then they would look at twenty thousand dollars. So. That that's my understanding of it. Um, again, we're all learning as we go with this. So it's almost like a reimbursement type program. It sounds like it, yes. Well, that's good. I mean, everybody might. I mean, who knows? Especially like what Libby said, these past couple of years and uh, the prices of things and inputs and all that kind of stuff has just uh, you know changed everybody's way of thinking. I think a little bit. Yeah, and I think some young beginning farmers, you know, if they just started out, that could have had a real impact on them of getting smacked with those input prices and, um, you know, just not, and even maybe, you know, not even getting some of those inputs and going from ABC to EF, you know, whatever, plan. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) you just have to have a whole alphabet of plans, you know, in the past couple of years here. Well, Kurt, we thank you for being with us, and we appreciate um, we appreciate you being a guest. And um, we've had some awesome conversations here on you know what FSA is and any farm loan programs that anybody would like to apply for. Um, there's some good tidbits here, guys. So um, go back and remember, uh, be good at record keeping. Like Kurt said, nobody got into farming for record keeping. It's not the, it's not what you see out, you know, the farmers in the fields, but that'll do it for another episode of Ag Credit Seta and be sure to subscribe to the show and follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.